Hello there, Video Game Fury Universe. How are you guys doing out there today? I am, as always, Video Game Fury. Hope you guys are doing well. Recording this on the weekend again, as usual, as I'm sitting here in my car, waiting for my laundry to dry, because I'm a professional. I don't know what that means, but I'm going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, hope you guys are enjoying the weekend here. Uh, I There's been quite a few topics to get into here. Uh, I figured we'll do a double dose today because uh, um, we had some. I, I have one thing that uh, happened this week that I'd like to discuss, but also there's a question out there for separate topic, of course. But a question I wanted to pose to you guys here uh, that I'm hoping to get your thoughts on. But we'll start with the the highlight of the week here um, that we had was the Nintendo Direct happened this past Wednesday. We kind of anticipated it was going to happen. They usually do one. Around the first quarter, usually either like February or early March or something here, but we got it in early February, so much earlier than usual. Um, and I got to tell you, um, I th- it, it always helps to have the low expectations because I feel like, and this is the thing about Nintendo, you, they, the bar seems to be set low. I just don't have a lot of interest in some of the content they've been putting out as of late. But I mean, it doesn't take away from the... You know the sales they get and the anticipation for a lot of the games. I actually think after this direct, 2022 is going to be a pretty strong year for them. Uh, and it's not like their sales have slowed down. I think I read an article recently that they are currently, at least as of the last month or so, have sold a little over 103 million Switch consoles, which is nuts to think. Uh, they're hitting their fifth year very soon. They came out in March 2017, so they're very close. And to hit that number as far as they have, it's pretty impressive. Now, obviously, you can say, of course, a lot of factors have helped with that. Obviously, the pandemic we've been going through the last couple of years fueled a lot of those sales because families needed uh, stuff for their kids to play as as they're stuck at home. So naturally, having a kid-friendly console like the Switch is going to help a lot. Uh, But still can't take away from what they have been succeeding through here. There's already... People talking about is it going to hit the numbers of the DS, which I think we're close to 150 million. Uh, I highly doubt that's the case. I would imagine, you know, in a year or two, maybe three, we're probably going to hear more about Nintendo's new console. Um, obviously, we keep hearing about the 4K version of the Switch that could uh, fuel this further, but we don't know about that. Uh, we hear rumors about dev kits going out to companies to try it out, but we don't know for sure. But anyway, back to the direct. Um, I've come to the realization with these guys that I think the smart thing they're doing, because Nintendo's always been accused of this for a long time, especially during the real dry period. Like, we're talking, like, the GameCube era, the Wii, and the Wii U. Um, You know, if they didn't have their first-party studios, they'd be, like, dead in the water. Like, third-party support was so dismal up until when the Switch came out. And, you know, even for the Switch... That what helped them was that they got a lot more first-party outputs because of the fact that, you know, the Switch is a console-slash-handheld hybrid. So a lot of their studios that were doing stuff for, like, the DS and the 3DS were now also making games for the Switch. So they did uh, kind of up, up their first-party content to kind of hide the fact that they weren't really getting a lot of third-party content out there. Um, but I, I've, I've come to notice this after a while they, especially after this director we just got recently, they are basically becoming the retro RPG machine. Um, 
if you just look at some of the games that they have coming out, we got Triangle Strategy uh, exclusive for that coming out uh, in, a, in a month or two, I think. I think it comes out in March, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, I played the demo, and uh, I liked a lot of what I was seeing there. It's got that Octopath vibes and a tactical strategy session, so that's that's right up my alley. Uh, but then you got the games coming out, like uh, you got the Chrono Cross remastered coming out. Uh, this weird Japanese import that I never knew about for the longest time, but people have been talking about it. It's been stuck in Japan for many years, Live Alive, uh, which is a strange name in itself, but we'll go with it. Um, that's coming out in July, and that's, that looks pretty cool there. I think this Octopath, I think they're calling it HD2D is the aesthetic they're doing uh, that's kind of started with Octopath Traveler. That seems to be translating into a lot of these games there. This game and Triangle Strategy using that aesthetic, which is cool. I mean, it helps it stand out and, you know, gets people's attention. And that's all you really need at the end of the day in order to get a sale out of things. So uh, seeing stuff like that come to mission, like Front Mission 1 and 2 being remastered for the system is a pretty awesome get as well. Uh, we already knew about Advance Wars 1 and 2 reboots coming out uh, in April. It just feels like... It feels like basically... Um, Nintendo is being saved, basically, by Bandai Namco and Square Enix <laughs> when it comes to uh, second, third-party content. So, because otherwise, you'd be seeing really not much. Uh, I mean, that's not that, and it's not that Nintendo's not short in first-party content. I mean, we saw, obviously, we're potentially getting Splatoon 3 this summer. Uh, we've got the Kirby Forgotten Lands coming out next month. Uh, all indications is that even though they haven't dated it yet, Breath of the Wild 2 is potentially going to come out. Well, one would presume probably that's going to be their fall slash holiday game. But we just don't know. Because last we seen of that game was last year's E3, and they just put a 2022 on it. Um, so you'd like to think we'll get it. It'll probably be more of a blowout uh, at potentially the next Direct, which will probably happen around E3 time in June, is where if they're going to show it, it's going to show there. So... They got some bangers coming out here if they hit their cards right. I mean, Kirby, Splatoon, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 if it comes out in the fall. And then we, we haven't even talked about Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which was the surprise ending of the Direct. It's coming out in September. I mean, that's a killer uh, four-blow punch there uh, if, you, if you get all those games out. I mean, this will, this will replicate their years in 2017 and uh, 2019 uh, where it seemed like there was a great first party if not second party game coming out every couple of months uh like everyone's like is amazing 2017 was the year where we both got a zelda and a mario game uh which is really unheard of they, they never nintendo really ever does that they like giving each game a spotlight but uh there, there it is that's why it's a pretty historic year and what got the switch launched and going so it's just something i noticed with the system now uh, that i appreciate as someone who's very into retro style RPGs. Uh, I'm, I've said uh, maybe not here on my Twitch streams that I'm a big, a big uh, retro RPG guy, particularly in the Super Nintendo days when the SquareSoft games came out so much. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Chrono Trigger, uh, Secret of Mana, Secret of Evermore, Final Fantasy four and six. I mean, all those games have defined what I love about storytelling in video games, and to see that come back. A lot more in these in these type of games here, uh, with uh, Chrono Cross. Man, obviously that game came out a while ago, so it's just a remaster. But it also gives like Triangle Strategy and Live Live Alive. Uh, it's it's encouraging for me as someone who uh, has a nostalgia for that kind of era. 
Uh, and maybe that's just me, but uh, it, I think it's what helped me really appreciate this direct to go on top of all the other first party content. And obviously, there's going to be some things for other genres people have. I mean, obviously, people are very excited about Mario Strikers and Nintendo Switch Sports being a, a sequel for Wii Sports is pretty interesting. I'm surprised they only came up with it now and not a while ago uh, on the Switch, but that's going to appeal to an audience that came from the Wii era for sure, especially the casual audience who really, that's really why they got the Wii back then, if we're really, really being honest. They were playing Wii Sports, Wii Fit, um, and any other uh, casual type of game that the, the soccer moms and the grand grandmothers and grandfathers are playing at that time. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on Nintendo Director. I thought it was a solid B performance. Uh, we obviously, and but man, that's the great thing too about it is that they didn't show their hand on these other things. Again, we didn't get anything on Breath of the Wild 2. We didn't get anything on Metroid Prime 4. I mean, we already, we kind of know about Bayonetta 3 already because they blew it out at the previous Direct. Uh, we just don't know when exactly it's coming out this year. That's the other thing, too. I didn't just I just remember, too, now. Uh, beyond the other games I just mentioned coming out this year, potentially, uh, Bayonetta 3 potentially is coming out this year, too. So, man, that, if they play their cards right, they got five solid hitters of games right there for Nintendo. It is going to be a great year for the Switch if they can get all these games out in time. It, it, again, it's, it will remind me of its debut year where there was like a big first party or second party game like almost every single, if not single, every other month. Uh, and that's going to be great for Nintendo. Kudos to them, uh, who I know, when I recall, uh, when the pandemic hits, when it started in 2020, uh, hit them really hard. Like a lot of their studios were not set up to work from home. Well, when they had to transition to that environment, so a lot of their games got delayed. It's pretty much why, you know, Animal Crossing was really the only game that struck a chord of a lot of people and were able to get out, and that's only because it was scheduled to come out even before the pandemic started. So, a lot of sympathy for Nintendo Studios and what they've had to go through, as I'm sure every video game studio has had to go through in this transition to this new paradigm as we continue to deal with this pandemic, but... Uh, Nintendo seems like they're going to hit it pretty well out of the park this year if they can hit their dates. Um, and that's not, again, that's not withstanding a lot of the other games with Touchy they are coming out with. Metroid Prime 4 being one. Uh, we haven't heard anything about a new Mario game in a while. Is there going to be a sequel to Mario Odyssey? Or are they going to try something different? We don't know. But it's uh, it continues to be an exciting time for the uh, Nintendo fans out there. And especially for me as a guy who appreciates their uh, continued support for subgenres and uh, retro style games on this on the system uh, it really is something that I really do appreciate and I am glad to see that come out there hope you guys uh, what do you guys think about the direct we'd love to hear your thoughts about that and uh, if you feel I'm wrong in any of this here are there any other standouts from the direct that I haven't called out that you want to call out as well I would love to hear you guys thoughts Last thing I want to talk about today, I just want to put a question out there for you guys. I have been seeing a lot of tweets lately about the Steam Deck, which is coming from Valve. It's their handheld PC, I guess is what they're calling it. I don't know if they're planning to outright uh, challenge the Switch in this market here, but a lot of excitement is coming for that. I'm seeing people getting notice of notifications that their pre-orders are coming in Q2 and maybe a little bit later, depending on uh, how the supply chain goes. But I got a 
I gotta be honest with you guys. I don't get the excitements for the Steam Deck here. And, you know, it's obviously... People <clears throat> people get a lot of excitement for anything Valve comes out. Because we really don't get much from Valve. They are basically swimming and sleeping in Steam money. And who can blame them in a way? I mean, it generates all the profits they need to sustain themselves. So they can take their time experimenting as much as they want. But... Steam Deck just seems like a little weird choice here. Like, I guess that I get some of the appeal. I guess because I mean, again, it is it is your Steam library that you can take on the go. And I hear a lot of people say, "Hey, I can now play a lot of my my indie games with me in in, in the car or on my couch or bed or anything." But I'm sitting there going, and maybe this is because I am a PC player because I do stream on it and uh, play a lot of games on PC as it is. But I guess for the folks who already own a rig like this, like, why why would you want to play on a less powerful system? One that I would presume, if you are playing a pretty high-end game, it's probably going to suck the battery life. I think I heard some rumor that, um, like, a very powerful game to play on that system will suck the battery within two hours, which just, that's, that's nuts to me. Uh, I just don't see why you'd want to go through that process of having to recharge it so much for playing a game like that uh, on the go. So, but again, I, I think it's more, I get it for the people that don't have the big high-end PC rigged ones, the ones that they have to pay a couple thousand dollars to get. I mean, the appeal is the price, basically. I think the, I think the higher-end model, you, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, the higher-end model is like in the 600 to $800 range. That's appealing. You know, it's a, it's a savings when you want that experience, but you want to take it on the go. But I, I, for me, it's more like the people that do have the stuff already. And maybe it's just the FOMO experience that people have of wanting the latest tech. Uh, that, that that hardcore crowd is always going to be there. But I'm like, and I was a guy, and I was a guy who was in that too. Like I actually put put down a five dollar pre order, and then I thought to myself after a couple of weeks, like, why am I doing this? It makes no sense. I've got the rig already. I play it on stream all the time. Uh, I feel comfortable doing it there in the office on my nice, comfy, secret lab chair. Like, why Why do I need this? And I, I question that for a lot of folks. And these are people that I follow and I know for a fact that they have PC rigs. They talk about it all the time. Uh, sometimes they stream from there as well. Like, why, why do you need a Steam Deck if you already have a high-end PC to play all this stuff? <clears throat> I would love to hear those thoughts. And maybe you guys are out there who have pre-ordered the stuff too maybe that's your reason too but i'd love to hear other reasons too uh why a steam deck is coming to you coming to your home uh if you've already pre-ordered it here why why what's the incentive for you guys to want to have the system i'd love to hear your thoughts i may be missing something beyond what i just discussed but that's why we have these discussions because i could always be wrong so leave your thoughts and comments here recordings i'd love to have a conversation here on anchor about that here uh, as to why you guys want a steam deck Talk to you guys soon and have a great weekend.